You're listening to The Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, former prep course ops superintendent and current special reconnaissance training guru, Trent Segmiller. Hey everyone, and welcome to another Ones Ready podcast. You're in the team room for this high-protein, low-carb episode. We have a very special guest, and we're going to get to him in just a minute. But before we do, big shout-out to Alpha Brew Coffee Company. Uh, Big supporters of ours, their latest blend is Danger Zone. So if you want to be in the Danger Zone, if you want to be a like 48-year-old 06 like Tom Cruise (laughs) or whatever is in the new movie, pick you some up, put in the code Ones Ready. Uh, veteran-owned company. They support us. We don't get anything out of it, but you get great coffee. You get to feel better about yourself. That's going to be awesome. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, leaving re- re- reviews, remarks, comments, everything else. I know you've already subscribed, so don't worry about it, but tell your friends. Get them on here. And uh, go ahead and name a hairstyle after Aaron while you're at it. That's my challenge for the week. All right, let's get this started. Our special guest today is Tyler Melee Minton. A little bit about him. He is a fighter, a chef, a nutritionist. And before you talk about yourself, my first question, Tyler, is why are you trying to make us all look bad by being good at everything? Oh, I'm not just because I, just I do everything doesn't mean I'm good at it. I just, I just figured the, the more things you do, the chances you are of finding something you're good at. Right. I'm still looking. Right. So, like, let's tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where you're at or where you came from. Yeah. Uh, you know, the floor is yours. Yeah. So kind of, as you said, I kind of do a little bit of everything in terms of, of nutrition. Um, you know, I, I actually went to school for nutrition. I'm still in school. Actually, I went back to school because my end goal is to finish with my PhD. So I'll be a student forever. Um, and it's one of those things uh, I don't really, uh, I, I don't mean arrogant, but it, it's not that I'm, I'm going so I can learn a lot more. It's because in any industry like this, unless you have a PhD, there's always going to be someone who doesn't know anything that's like, well, are you a doctor? I'm like, no, but, but that doesn't matter. So that's literally the only, this is arrogant. The only reason I'm getting it. So I can say, yes, like I'm going to pay that money. So when someone <laughs> so says, you can just pay, say, yes, listen, I'm I in am. fact a doctor and could you yeah. shut up? That's one, that is just God's honest truth. Fantastic. What, what, a, what a time to be alive. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, so I, I started off a professional fighter. I still am. I just uh, I haven't fought in like five years, so I don't know if I could still be considered. Um, but uh, I went to school for nutrition literally just because uh, I was going to college. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, but as a professional fighter, I figured I would do something that would benefit my own career. So I went into nutrition because I didn't know anything about nutrition as it pertained to fighters. Uh, and I found out that no one did. There was really no one that, that knew what it was. I was... I remember as an amateur, I was cutting from 200 pounds to 170 pounds in one week. And this was back when you had uh, same day weigh in. So you would weigh in and then fight four, four hours later. Oh, that's so, the worst. How much, uh, how much weight would you put on? Put, Cause during that time, IVs were so loud too. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't do an IV no. uh, just, just because it was, I mean, we're fighting in a national guard armory in, in BFE, Kentucky. So like I wasn't about that to sounds wild. Stick me. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> really wasn't about that, that sounds wild. You would literally, you would go in, you would go in, they would weigh you and, uh, put you your choose your weapon, <laughs> yeah. put your name on a thing. And then they would just find someone else who came sign and weighed, sheet. weighed close there, to you. There was a scale. There was a sign up sheet. There was a scale. It was all really, really professionally done. It was kind of like <laughs> first come first serve. And it was only, it, it was legal, but it wasn't regulated. So, I mean, it was pride rules. You could stomp to the head. You could, you could literally do whatever you just couldn't gentleman's rules. You couldn't kick in the balls. And that was really the only rule. But, um, and uh, yeah, so I remember my first fight, I won in seven or eight seconds. And then when the referee raised my hand, my knees buckled because I was so weak. But like, that was just what people were doing. You were just starving yourself. Um, and I just knew that wasn't the way it, it should so be. So you just want to get it done so you can go home and eat, yeah, basically. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, motivated by, by hungriness. That, that is <laughs> literally hungry, hungry dog fights harder, but there's limits to that. A starved dog doesn't. Um, so <laughs> we, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to learn to, to get better. And, uh, I quickly learned during my bachelor of science that I wasn't going to learn anything about applicable nutrition in college. Um, I was going to learn about, you know, like sick care, not even health, you know, health care. I was going to learn about sick care and dealing with, with uh, feeding sick people in a hospital. 
And uh, so I really started doing my own research and, and my research was much more around uh, things like, like hormones and recovery. I reached out to a lot of people, mentored under people like Rob Wolf, who um, you know, was a, a big industry leader in nutrition and sleep. But um, just started to kind of work on those and kind of finding my own niche. And all of a sudden I became the guy who was cutting from, you know, I would lose weight steadily during camp to about 190. And I was cutting from about 190 to 170 in a week and like posting videos of me like, eating Jolly Ranchers in the hot tub, like drinking water and stuff and, and going in there weighing in and 24 hours later being back up to like 190 and just, just so much bigger than my opponent. So that's, people start, that's remarkably different than, than what you did that first very, time. Uh, very, of course. Well, and so, um, people started hiring me and it just kind of blew up after that. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. So you, you made a name for yourself in the fight game first. Like what was your, what was your first martial art? What'd you do first? wrestling uh oh, okay yeah wrestling and I, that i consider martial arts it's the, the absolute best martial art Af- um, yeah wrestling yeah wrestling and, and jujitsu or, or neck and neck i would give wrestling yes. the slight advantage for like you just see the most six i mean it, the the statistics bear it out to really high level wrestlers are the best mma champions and there's the <laughs> most of them so yeah yeah the only thing is now most jujitsu jujitsu schools teach wrestling as well so that that's why they, it's it's a very good thing i think that's the mm-hmm. uh the number one thing lacking in almost all forms of training police, every police officer should, should, should know wrestling. It's It's grappling, wrestling and grappling. Absolutely. Yeah. Scrambling. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, everything, I mean, it's, uh, it's the, the wrestling. I mean, I used to do a lot of bar security. Every single fighter on earth has at one point been a bouncer. Oh yeah. Um, And I'll do a lot of like uh, event security and things like that. And, the wrestlers just always won. You you decide you could you get to decide if you don't want it to go to the ground or if you want it to go to the ground. And that that in itself is, is life saving. I can't tell you how many how many really big strong football players I've seen tackle someone on the ground and then get stomped by seven people. Yeah, uh, for sure. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have gone to the ground, bro. <laughs> Bad uh, decision. You paid for that yeah. one. Yeah. So that that that's where I started, and then brought it. Um, I guess yeah, eighteen. I started doing jujitsu and uh, kickboxing. So nice. When did you, uh, when did you find out that all those skills made you good enough to actually pursue a career in it? You remember that time? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if I ever really felt that the skills made me good enough, but I remember the moment that I, I decided I loved it and it sounds really crazy, but it was actually fighting a recon Marine named Eric Ohenna Bukoy, uh, born and raised in Africa. Um, came over, actually brought over by missionaries when he was really little. And I uh, mean, this guy are really good friends now. Uh, actually, I have, we haven't talked in a while, but but we're we're friends. He, uh, I don't remember anything after round one. And this was the first legal fight in Tennessee history. We were we were part of the first event ever. I don't remember anything after round one. He doesn't remember anything after round two. Uh, and by round three, it was just. <laughs> I mean, we're hands down swinging. Most most referees would would not let it go on anymore. Just spaghetti arms and anvil um, hands, hoping was, for yeah, a haymaker to it put you like. Either you catch one or you throw one, but please, somebody just knock somebody else out. It, it was on YouTube at one time, and then the promotion pulled it off, and I've never been able to get a hold of them again and try to find it. I desperately want to find it because it was I, – I just specifically remember at one time. This, again, it was legal and it was regulated, but it was still very raw. Uh, there's a point where I'm holding this guy by the throat and just punching him against the cage. Just the <laughs> domestic violence choke? Yes. That's not yeah. cool, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. And now yeah. you're best friends. That's yeah. not we're, acceptable you know, we're at all. Yeah, he hits the ground. <laughs> this is how dudes become friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Not exactly. Exactly. And this guy hits the ground and comes back up and then hits me once and I hit the ground and come back up. And and by the end of it, we're just covered in blood and, and fighting. And I, 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 and I only know that because I've seen the video and I won. I don't even remember. I don't remember getting home that day. I don't remember, I don't remember much. And, uh, but I just remember, uh, and again, cause I do not remember any point of the fight, but this, 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 uh, after round one, but this one thing in round three, um, I was a kid, like I got picked on a lot growing up and, and I had some friends, but, but not a lot. I was never popular. I was never good at any sport really. Uh, and I always wanted to be not that it matters, but I feel like any kid that's not popular, whether they admit it or not, they want to be. And, uh, like I was just never the, the, the quarterback people were cheering for. And I just remember in round three, um, and I wasn't even like a main event on this and I was the kid no one cared about. I was like the second thought. And, uh, I just remember one point he's on top of me, uh, just, just pounding, pounding my lights out. And I just remember the crowd, like all like chanting my name over and over. And I just remember, like, I remember instantly being happy, even though I'm just getting just slobber knocked. And I ended up reversing him. And getting Did you just turn and, the word slobber knocker into a verb and say yeah, slobber knocked? Yeah. I think, uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's like an old, old WWF verbiage. One hundred percent. Jim Ross is yelling. Jim Ross. It's That's a slobber knocker. Exactly. Good God. And uh, I just, I just remember getting on top and 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 finishing the fight and. Um, that's it. Like I said, I don't even remember getting my hand raised, but I won. And I just remember the next day thinking, I love this. Like this is, I'm actually, I want to do this. And God's honest truth, not even saying, not proud to admit this. It's not a good thing, but the only reason I continued doing it because the first time in my life, I felt popular. Like I felt like people like, wow, people kind of like me. Yeah. And, and after that, it, it became a, it became a thing. I ended up becoming at one time when they used to do amateur regional belts and things, um, I was the Tennessee uh, number one middleweight in Tennessee. Then I went to a regional show and became the number one middleweight in the U.S. Southeast. And then I won the United States title. So I was the, the number one amateur middleweight in the entire USA at one point. So it, was, it just it started as a, as a thing to be popular. And I ended up actually just happening to be good at it. Well, it's also that, that sense of accomplishment, right? Like, you know, you did something that, that sure. so few people do. Absolutely. And, uh, that's an awesome thing. So, would you say that that's your most memorable fight, even though you don't remember absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, the one the most memorable is the one I lost, but that's just my personality. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that that one means the absolute most. It was just, uh, it, it was again. I mean, I, I was busted up. I mean, I've got scars from it. I've had uh, so many fights that I, I can't even believe I did it. If my sons ever got into the sport, I would I would freak out. I would hate it. Um, you know, I had one fight where I had to get like 40 some stitches in my face and you can smack my skull got cracked in the picture. You can see my cracked skull and I won. Uh, and that guy actually fought Tuesday and he's now in the UFC. So it was really cool to see this guy. He's in the UFC now, but like, like I don't, (laughs) if, if you knew me outside of that, that's not my personality at all. So to be a guy that enjoys those, it's just weird. I'm, I don't know. I just, I'm a completely different person when I'm fighting and I always just liked becoming that person. So you'd say you're probably a rare breed then? Yeah, I'm a little weird. I'm a little twisted. <laughs> yeah, we were, hey, don't worry we, about we were being nice. Yeah, a rare breed. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Peach's I mean, talk for wow. Well put. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, check this rare, guy out. And, but, I, but think about it though. You go from not so a lot of people do jujitsu MMA stuff, right? Not everybody can be a pro fighter. Then. Not everybody decides to, hey, I'm a pro fighter. Now I'm going to be a nutritionalist. Yeah. And I'm also going to be a chef. Yeah. Like, and a doctor. Ma- what, what are there? Probably three out there? Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's, there's not many. Um, <laughs> there's not actually that. I feel very you comfortable saying I'm the first, best. Gen- all that. There's only a few doing all that. And I think the others kind of suck. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and just so people know, Tyler, like you have a pretty extensive guest list of people that you, you that you take through. Like just, man, I, I know you feel weird name dropping, but drop them names, doctor. Yeah. So like I, I just finished up and, you know, and he, he didn't win, but it was amazing. I finished up with uh, Daniel Cormier, who who's just, he was my favorite fighter ever. I remember being a yeah, high schooler. DC, to, guy's to quote Brendan Schaub, you ever heard of him, DC? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember as a high schooler watching him as a wrestler. And just loving this guy as a wrestler, just just thinking it was so cool. I remember when he announced he would be fighting, and um, I didn't really know much about fighting, and I followed him. I just followed him religiously, and I've got it screenshot on my phone. Uh, I actually sent it to him not too long ago. I'd never sent it to him before, um, but I have a screenshot on my phone the first time he texted me uh, and introduced himself on text. I don't even know how he got my number. No idea. And I've actually I need to ask him that. Um, texted me and, and introduced himself and just said he'd be interested in working with me. And it's <laughs> the only time in my entire life that I can honestly say I, I like fanboyed. Um, I was very, I'm very, I'm very much like, like uh, ag- against putting humans on pedestals yeah. like that. Just cause I mean, everyone's good at something just cause they're better than me at one thing. Doesn't mean, you know, I'm not good at something. Um, and I, I just totally like I I geek down like I can't believe like I got teary eyed because I'm like how, like this is Daniel like the Daniel Cormier, and then uh I, I just he flew me out and I show up at his house and uh, it was the the whole the whole entire thing was real. I actually tell you a, a funny thing with that he uh I show up at his house and the way the flights were I get there at like 11 p.m. and the whole thing was uh, you know he sent an Uber and he was like when you get here just text me I'll come down and let you in. Um, he's like, I'll, I'll be upstairs in, in bed, but 
I'll come let you in. So I get there, I get to his house about 11 o'clock. I text him and he doesn't answer. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a few more minutes. I wait like 10 more minutes and I text him still no answer. I'm like, this guy's asleep. Um, I know he has young kids and I know he had dogs cause he asked me if I was allergic to dogs. I'm like I can't not like I, I can't risk waking his kids up. He'll lose his mind. Um, so it's at this point, it's about 1230. And uh, I'm just like sitting on his porch kind of waiting. And at that point I start unpacking because I notice he has a truck out front and I'm just preparing to spend the night in his, the, the bed of his truck. And uh, as I'm like laying things out to sleep, like in his truck, <laughs> he opens the door. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you, you didn't come to the door. And I don't want to wake anybody up. So I'm just going to sleep in your truck and not a single word. He goes, come on in. And so I bring him in. He uh, takes me to the guest bedroom. This was the, ex- again, I've only like had a text conversation with this guy. Takes me to the, the guest room, which is the first one. Once you get in, um, oh. <laughs> he said, you can unpack, sleep here. He said, we'll start at 6 a.m. and shut the door. Nothing. Like, didn't tell me where the kitchen was. Didn't tell me what we're starting at 6 a.m. I know nothing. I didn't sleep at, literally at all because I was so deathly terrified that I would not wake up on time. So I just said I wasn't going to sleep. Yeah. Well, no. that sounds like uh, good interpersonal skills and problem solving because I probably would have done the same thing, go and sleep in a truck. <laughs> I'm just going oh. to basically break into this dude's truck. I'm going to lay in yeah. and get some sleep. Oh, it was, I was me with a good time. I was terrified. I ended up being <laughs> the, one of the most laid back, cool, chill humans ever. So, um, you know, and I've beyond him, I, you know, I've worked with Max Holloway, Khabib, uh, I actually work with Kelvin Gaslam, Stephen Thompson, uh, James Gallagher, who's a, a big, big name in Bellator now. So I've worked with a lot and, uh, I've kind of changed my business format a lot recently where I'm working with more fighters than I ever have, but I'm working a ton with a ton in like a consulting, uh, scenario. So I have a few that, um, actually have a chef now, like they're there, they have a chef, someone that can do that, or they have a meal prep company, but I'm just telling their meal prep company what to do. So, you know, I get to stay at home and still do my job. I don't have to leave my family and I can, I can do all that. So I've tried to find ways, which is perfect timing with COVID. So, uh, you know, I work with a, a, a hefty amount. It's pretty cool. Well, when you're the, when you're the best, you kind of get to do those things. So since you are self-proclaimed the best, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, and it probably is not going to be a very difficult question for you to answer, but like what is one of the most misunderstood things about performance nutrition? Um, you have to eat. You're not a supermodel. That is everyone comes or not everyone, but so many people come with a performance goal or an aesthetic goal disguised as a performance goal. And it drives me nuts. And I, I'm calling out CrossFitters with this because they are the absolute freaking worst. Number one, you're a 40 year old dude who doesn't even have good posture hey, going easy. to local CrossFit. It's okay. Easy. I, mean, I can I'm, hear you. I don't know why you're I'm, like I'm that guy at 32. But my point is, like, it's like, listen, you're a, you're a 40 year old guy who's just starting a local CrossFit gym. You're not, whether you think you're doing this for performance or not, you're not. Like, like let's focus on health. Let's focus on this. All right, so a lot of it is just misunderstood goals. Um, and, and unrealistic goals. People come with me oh with absolute gosh. just absurd performance goals. I'm like, listen, you're on you're on three diabetes medications. Let's worry about that. Then we'll <laughs> then we'll then we'll worry yeah. about your five k time. Like like yeah, but- uh, the biggest thing is is really that identifying a realistic goal. Uh, they just uh, you have to understand like like if it's performance, okay, we have to feed you performance or for performance, and that might not mean look your absolute best. I'll, I'll yeah. use Daniel Cormier. No one's going to look at Daniel Cormier and say, that's the body I want. It's just, it just is. I mean, it's just true. Um, you know, unless you're maybe Derek Lewis, who's another heavyweight in the USC who would kill to look like DC, but um, it's just not, but you're also, you know, if your goal is performance, well, yeah, you'd love to perform like DC, who's one of the greatest of all time is a multi multi-millionaire because of his level of performance. Um, so you just have to identify that and then go with it and, and feeding for performance looks a lot different. Um, so, you know, like the way I was, I was feeding DC and the, the way I'm feeding any of my athletes, especially that don't have a huge weight cut is just to be able to go out there and, and, you know, kill people. I mean, I tell people all the time, like your, your, your job as a fighter to really go in there and try to kill the other person. And the ref's job is to keep you from doing it. Your, your job's not to go in there. And I've never understood the, the, the concept when, when people would ask me about a fight, like, where are you going to go? Like, what's no. your game plan? I'm, I'm going to try to kill him. 
because I don't know what the difference is in hitting, in hitting someone to win a fight and hitting <laughs> someone to kill them. Like everything, I'm, I'm literally trying to murder them because it's the ref's job to keep me from doing it. Um, so, so like we have to feed them to, to effectively do that and to feed them to recover so they can do this day in and day out. And sometimes it's yeah. two to three training sessions a day, uh, you know, one to three hours a session. Like I'm not concerned about your abs at that point. Like we, we don't care because if I'm feeding you for abs, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, so, so that's literally the biggest misunderstanding. They just, they, they, what they want and what they need are, are often vastly different. Yeah. Well, and, that's actually the excuse I use of why I don't have a six pack is I'm just <laughs> feeding for performance. It's like combat so chassis. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. Dad so it's, it sounds, yeah, exactly. It's not wrong though. So, I mean, seriously, that, that's I, not wrong. And I, I, I nothing, nothing whatsoever against Tim Kennedy. I, I think Tim Kennedy, I, I've met him and then actually had, had lunch with him. It was an odd experience. Uh, I met him on an elevator with some of his like the Ranger Up crew. And one of the one of the things I was like, hey, is that the guy I said it to one of his friends? Like, I don't know if y'all ever saw the, the Katy Perry spoof video he did. Um, he did like this this spoof video making fun of Katy Perry and he dressed up like Katy Perry. It was absolutely hilarious. But I looked at his friend, I was like, is that that guy from the Katy Perry video? And his friend like was flabbergasted, and like, dude, that, that's Tim Kennedy. Like, I know it's Tim Kennedy, dude. I just I, I was trying to be funny. But um People look at Tim Kennedy and they think like, well, that's how you sh- you you need to look yeah. if you're in the military as an opera. Dude, that guy is number one. He does he works his butt off. Like I'm not taking anything from that, but he's very genetically gifted. I mean, that guy is a a bad bad human, and uh, he was you know his 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 body started off with mom and dad. Um, but uh, he's he, he's kind of and I get that. I'll, I'll have military guys like I want to look like Tim Kennedy. <laughs> That's yeah. We all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think. So, it's, uh, it's, it, I think it, I'm sorry, Trent. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying. I think Brian can back me up there. That we we run into this in the pipeline a lot, where students will be like, you know, they're checking out themselves in the mirror and they want to look a certain way, and then you'll see their performance drop off, and it's like, what'd you eat for breakfast? And they're like, well, you know, I ate almost nothing. A you yogurt know, or I had a and couple an apple slice or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, we get a ton eat? of those dudes. It's like you came to do the pass test, which is going to take most of the day up and uh you didn't eat or do anything for performance and you're shredded nice abs not gonna take another one from that <laughs> but that's not what's gonna get you hired into the pipeline no great no, stomach good torso guy yeah it's the the, the looks <laughs> i'm not in the military so i feel i don't mean it's disrespectful i don't i feel bad saying anything <laughs> that even sounds like a joke about, about military but i was gonna say like looks only matter if you're a navy seal um from, from <laughs> that's what true, I, actually from, yeah. I, have, I have navy seal friends and i have i have some range friends, some recon friends, other than everyone just kind of makes fun of Navy SEALs. Just, I have a, I have a friend that actually the, uh, another recon Marine friend who's just, I mean, you know, just sounds really weird, but he's just a pretty dude. He just is. And, uh, we all would, we would always tell him like, dude, you look a lot more like a Navy SEAL than a recon Marine. It was just infuriating, <laughs> but he knew exactly what we meant. Like you look like someone who should just be yeah. a SEAL. So Tyler, uh, going back a little bit, feeding for performance sounds a lot like, you know, food is fuel, right? So what would you say for, and, and Trent and Brian brought it up, the guys that are in the pipeline that are doing, you know, waking up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. and, and not hanging out, they are starting to train and they are training into the late afternoon and evening. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this from experience and I think I brought it up before, but like I had the same thing when I was at scuba school, I could see my performance starting to go down. Now that wasn't because I was trying to keep abs. That was just because I legitimately just was not eating enough. And finally somebody pulled me over and said, Hey dude, I don't care what you have to do, but you need to wake up at midnight, hammer back some, some bags of potato chips or some cookies or just whatever you can get down. And then, and then go back to sleep because I was eating as much as I possibly could at lunch and breakfast and, and dinner and stuff. I just couldn't fit anymore in. And I, I mean, the next day it was unbelievable. All of a sudden I, I felt better. I was performing better. So what would you, what would you recommend to those, those guys that are guys and girls that are out there that are training while they're in the pipeline? Carbohydrates, like the, the, the number one, it's the, 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 the number one thing that, that people try How to avoid dare you? to. I know. I can't goodness crazy. How <laughs> did you mean like hey, bread? Had a car did you say carbohydrates? <laughs> cut his mic. Cut his mic. That is, yeah, it, we have never ended a podcast early, but <laughs> I'm sorry, Tyler. You're, what do you know, doctor? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're not a doctor. He's, 
Oh, he's not a doctor. Not a doctor. <laughs> You're not Dr. Tyler Minton on yeah, Instagram. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's literally, it gets like, if you, if you ever see on, on my Instagram, I, I have a lot of fun with the carnivore diet people. Uh, just because some somewhere along the line, it, it reminds me of 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 like like some weird weird religion where someone came in and be like, you know what, this is this is what we should do. Uh, someone came along the lines and said, plants will kill you. Let's go carnivore, and that's that that's their argument that plants are are dangerous. They're toxic. I'm like. What? You're toxic, man. You're t- um, you, know, you know what? You're toxic. You come back. Yeah, well, you no, got your, you got your PhD working, but that one was basically, oh, yeah, you. No, no, Graduated the third grade. We can all tell. We can all tell. Congratulations. You have to have the carbohydrates. I mean, it, it, it's the, the most efficient form of energy is through carbohydrates. Your your glycolytic activity um, needs to be fueled by, by glycogen. You can't get that from other forms. In fact, you know if you try, your body your body will always outsmart you. People say all the time, "I'm trying to trick my body." Like if we were capable, if it was capable to trick the body, we wouldn't still be here. I mean, we've lasted hundreds of thousands of years because our body has found ways to to outdo the stupid things that, that we've done to it. Um, you know, we've lived through a lot of things despite ourselves, you know, because of ourselves. And, uh, yeah. Like remember those toe shoes? Remember when Vibrams were a thing? I can't <laughs> believe that. Man, I a pair. We, we I made it all the way I used through. to rock those. I, lo- I love my those first, things. My first, Everybody had a pair. Everybody had a pair. I 100% had a pair. My first 500 pound deadlift was, was wearing Vibram five fingers. <laughs> oh. You'll never like, see Count it. They were, they were it worked for basketball. Why couldn't it work for CrossFit? 19 yeah. years old. It's science. It's huge. <laughs> Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Do you guys remember back in the '80s and '90s those those shoes that had kind of a platform Absolutely, on the to table? make your calves stronger? So you could yeah. jump higher. Yeah. Jump higher. Peaches, you almost got on top of a refrigerator <laughs> once with those. <laughs> well, I actually had a pair of those in high school to try to out of like, like, like run shoes. They're like black and red, and they had the thing in the yeah. Bus. They had the um, big like the spade thing, and it was a platform. Yeah, yeah. It was a mini fridge. I was still slow. See, that was a problem. Like no one, no one told me. No one told me that the the, the reason I couldn't slam dunk and the reason i couldn't run a, a sub 540 it wasn't because i didn't have these shoes it was because i was overweight um <laughs> no one was being no one no marketing was being honest with me oh, um, but anyway but no seriously it's 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 carbohydrates or everything you, you have to have those in fact going back to like if you try to trick your body and you don't you don't supply those your body's going to get it from somewhere there's a there's a process called um, gluconeogenesis where your body will actually use protein and it'll pull that in to convert into glycogen so It'll use that as fuel. So here you are trying to put on all this muscle mass. You can be strong and look good and all this. And uh, you're you're trying to cut carbohydrates to 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 rip up. And your body's just taking all that that hard earned muscle and using it as fuel because you're not giving it the carbohydrates it needs. Um, I can't tell you how many times with a client, the number one difference I've I've changed that made them all of a sudden get leaner is to add carbohydrates into their diet because now they're preserving muscle because of the carbohydrates. Um, Again, same same kind of thing. I, I can't tell you how many times with a fighter, even even when they're they're in the final weeks and they're really trying to lose weight, their performance is just suffering big time. And the biggest thing is, uh, like, we need to hit X amount of carbs. We're going to add this in before we go to bed, and they wake up with just a, a completely new person. All right, so keto diet is out. Basically, yeah, I get that question all the time. It's, keto diet, from, you're from listen, yeah, it's better pe- than carnivore, but most for still. performance, and people, yeah, yeah, and people always like they'll always pin me down because I've eaten keto on and off for a very long time. And people are just like, Oh, so that's what I should do. And I'm always like, no, for assessment selection. No, you need to be eating like yeah. 7,000 calories a day and eat all the bread you want. Like I would, when I was at Indoc, I would crave for whatever reason, just lots of salt and vegetables. So I would load my tray up and veg and just salt the crap out of those things and eat them. And that was the, the thing that always made me feel better after a long day. I'm like, absolutely not like exclusionary fad diets like that. Like, yeah, you'll get abs and you'll get a couple extra thousand Instagram followers, but most of those dudes are dudes, you know? They just yeah. want to check out your fitness page. Yeah, it's it's awful. I mean, and, and keto, I do like keto better than better than carnivore because it does allow for some 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 berries and mm-hmm. veggies. And and I know that this wasn't the question, but like the biggest my biggest thing with carnivore people, I tell them constantly, I'm like, like no one, no civilization has ever lasted or like like had a long term 
uh, carnivore diet. It's never happened. And they'll try to talk to you about the Inuit, uh, the Inuits who just lived off well and stuff like this, but they were also opportune. They weren't doing that. Cause you know what? I bet those berries over there were really hungry, but those berries are probably mm-hmm. toxic. So let's just eat well blubber. No, it wasn't a thing. Like they were <laughs> opportunistic eaters. So at times of the year, they would have those things and they would eat them. And when they didn't, they were still getting, you know, diverse gut microbiomes and, and, and bacteria and things because they were eating a lot of fermented meat. I don't see any carnivores people like going out and burying their well blubber and letting it ferment and then eating it I mean, it just doesn't happen it's just an excuse like uh, this was the same thing uh with a lot of people that are doing uh, the keto diet wrong like it's just become an excuse for people to eat bacon and things that they want it's, yeah exactly. they naturally they just want those things so like they now it has a name like i can make sense of it freaking weird <laughs> yeah exactly and you can eat uh whatever drink as much milk or do whatever yeah, eat as much cheese as you want yeah and then but, it changes, so it changes new rules new vegetarian the, the the type of vegetarian has changed 20 times i don't even i'm a vegetarian that eats fish I'm like, you're not a vegetarian all right so for those dudes that i get this question all the time also is for guys that are getting ready to do the pass test you know the pass test is on monday and they're trying to prep and they, you know, exercise wise, you know, you tell them to taper down just a little bit. Don't do like a six mile or whatever the day before, but nutrition wise, you know, the old thing that used to be common is eat a bowl of spaghetti or a big old plate of spaghetti the night before. Is there anything like a couple of days out that you should do as far as hydration or anything different that is not in the, in the common uh, thread of society right now? Like, obviously hydrate and eat carbs. That's yeah. It. Yeah. But. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much is, how much is required of them that day, but, um, I generally tell people for things like 5k, like I hear a lot of people like, like carb loading for a 5k and that's just ridiculous. You don't need to do that. Um, but if you're, if you're talking like a very intense, like, like drawn out long, long, you know, long day. So this is the difference in like volume and intensity. Uh, there is a difference, uh, you know, to bring it back to, to CrossFit as an example, I don't know how familiar you guys are with CrossFit, but I know it's kind of in the military world, but you have a workout called Fran that's 2159 thrusters mm-hmm. and pull-ups. It's a very quick workout, but it's Insert extremely cute noise here. Yes. I don't. I yeah. would, and the, the post well, cough. You'll, you'll know the post cough. Exactly. That's, that's, that's an intense workout, but it's not. It's not a lot of volume. It's just intense. Then you have Murph. That is not very intense by the definition of intense. It's it's really not. You can just kind of coast through it, but it's a lot of volume. You would be you. You would need more carbohydrates for for Murph than you would Fran. You you know I've never felt as bad after Murph as I did Fran. Fran, you feel like you're gonna die, but <laughs> you didn't have to make any dietary changes for that. So if if this is something where they're going like a a much longer drawn out you know high volume type situation, which I imagine it is, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely start increasing that water. You know, three, four, five days out, just just a bit. Um, and uh, I find a lot of people aren't drinking enough water to begin with. And, and my general recommendations for people are half your body weight in ounces, then an extra 15 ounces for every 30 minutes you work out. Uh, so when you do the math on that, most of us aren't really drinking enough. And that's a minimum. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would add, um, you know, some additional carbohydrates. But even then, you still don't want to, to have like a blowout meal. Like you like that's just going to sit on your gut. And you're going to feel terrible the next day. So it just need to be like a steady in, increase for a couple of days before. Just add a little bit to your to, to each meal. So it's basically like you know, for those with kids, it's like you measure how much you eat over that couple of days and not at each meal specifically. Yeah. So you drink, you're just trying to eat as much. Yeah. And if you weren't doing spaghetti every day before, don't do spaghetti the day before. Like all of a sudden, include that in. I see that a lot with people mm-hmm. there. Like there, they you see it with a lot of fighters that like aren't working with someone. They just went twelve weeks eating super clean, and then the night before a fight, they decide to eat a whole five dollar pizza. Like, how do you think your body's going to respond to that? Like, like uh, not- perfectly. That's perfect fuel from what I'm getting here. It's carbs. It's got some protein on it. Look, most of it all might watch this, so I don't know if you should have said that. Yeah. So I want to switch back into uh, some of the more mindset type of stuff. Cause you're talking about, you know, when you go into the ring, every time you go in there, you're focusing on and you want to kill this person. And the ref's job is to stop you. Someone out there, you know, needs to save this guy's life because you're going to be after them. Uh, that's an awesome way to look at it. You know, we always say go in a hundred percent every single time and you know, whatever happens happens. At least, you know, you went in a hundred percent. So what do you think, you know, beyond that, what do you think is the biggest difference between those guys that make it in special operations and are selected and those and MMA type of thing also and normal people you know civilians that don't find themselves in that kind of arena yeah I just think a lot of people don't there's a few things I think 
you have to have some level of, of competitiveness with that. Like you absolutely have to, uh, or you're just not, it, it's really hard not to. So I remember, uh, I did like a USO tour type thing and, and it was in Afghanistan. I was talking to a lot of soldiers and it, it, I always try to be like real respectful because again, I'm, I'm not in the military, so I'm not going to sit here and, and act like I know more about, about any of them than, than they do. But I was getting a lot of questions about nutrition and, and how we should eat and this and that. And I was answering it. And then like, there were just so many of them snickering and saying things like that. Oh yeah, but the ice cream. So, and this and that and the other, and it was just a really, you know, honestly, it was an immature and just rude group. And, um, eventually I just really kind of got pissed at them. Uh, cause as I was there talking about the way that they, you know, the question was my recommendations for how they should be eating. I was just getting met with, with like some of them laughing and telling me like, like the ways that they do eat. And I'm like, that, that's fun. But like, you, like you're here for a job. Like the fact of the matter is you're, you're here to, to like, you know, as blunt as it is to possibly kill them and, and not be killed. Like your, your primary objective in my opinion would be to be the one that gets to go home. And I promise you the the bad guys, like, uh, they're not eating ice cream because it tastes real good. Like, like they're, they're living off the, the bare minimum, doing what they can, and they're eat sleeping, eat, eat sleeping, breathing the idea of killing you tomorrow. Like, like to me, like if you're in the middle, like that's just the mindset you have to have, or or the minute you slip up on that, you know, could be your last minute on earth. Because I just, you know, from what I know about that culture and things, like they don't, they don't have those luxuries because they see those luxuries as as distractions, and they are distractions. We have those luxuries, but you don't have to take advantage of those. Um, and I know that's a very, it's much more serious than fighting, but that was one of the reasons I loved fighting around Christmas time. I absolutely loved it because I was absolutely convinced that if I fought during Christmas, I already had an advantage because I knew the other guy wasn't nearly as dedicated as me and was going to cheat on Thanksgiving and he was going to cheat on Christmas and I wasn't, he was going to take Thanksgiving off. He was going to take Christmas off and I wasn't. Um, and <laughs> you're that just was just over there I, eating spaghetti squash at a perfectly yeah. balanced meal. And you're just like, he's eating Turkey. Seriously. That was one, that was 100% uh, uh, why I like doing that. I just loved, I love trying to do that and, and fight at times. I liked fighting in like, like on other people's turf and things like that just for the pure fact that I thought they would get comfortable. Like they're going to, they're, they're going to be a little bit comfortable and, and they're going to, I just, I love that's just, again, I'm weird. And, uh, you know, as, as soldiers, I just think that needs to be the mindset. Like, like what's the, like, this is a lot more than, than just winning and losing. Like what's the guy who's, who's, who's waking up tomorrow, hoping to kill me so he can, you know, go to what he thinks is heaven. Um, that's a, that's a pretty good reward mm-hmm. in his eyes. Uh, like just to kill, like, like, what do you think the, the choices he's going to make between now and then are and try to make better choices than he is? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you're training for, even when you're in special warfare or doing whatever kind of missions you're training for that one, you know, one hour, couple hours, hopefully of when you're just on the mission and you're doing that one thing. And it's the same thing when you're in the ring, you know, you're, you're not going to be in there for a week or whatever. It's just, you're thinking about that one goal that you have in mind and, same thing for the guys that are doing the past tests or that kind of thing. You just, that one goal, you see yourself doing it, you envision it constantly. And it's just always on your mind when you wake up. And I think that, you know, is really important for those guys that are out there. As soon as you wake up, you think every single choice after that minute until you go to sleep, like what choices can I make to better my odds of making this happen? Yeah. And that's just every day. And uh, this is, it's a, I don't tell the story a lot. It's kind of weird. And it, it sounds like a, a thing, uh, just a, a macho type thing. Cause it, here it, we sure go. Was, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I've never been right. more now we're talking. I was, yeah. I was doing, I was it's going to be better than the cracked head. I was doing, a, I was doing a security. <laughs> I was doing a security job once and I did, I had a gun pulled on me and uh, I mean, I, I, I was for a split second. I went, I was absolutely like more than a split second. It, it felt like a ter- I was absolutely terrified. And then, the like literally came into my head there wasn't any like what it was so funny because i remember like growing up reading all these bruce lee moves like the old bruce lee books and all this i'm like oh i just wish someone would put a gun to my head when i'm like do all this weird cool crazy stuff <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> if it has more than two steps you ain't doing it um but uh i, I literally just remember in my head thinking like, dude, like he is not winning. Like, I, I know that sounds really, really weird, but I didn't think about life. Like I was like, he's not winning. There's no possible way. So I slowly like just started like raising my hands. Cause this is just, just human instinct. Like and pe- people, especially civilians, they watch way too many movies. So they just, well, if someone points a gun, they expect you to raise your hands and you know, you're, you were much safer with my hands down because then I can't hit you. So I'm like, Hey man, I'm just going to raise my hands. And I'm sitting here talking to him as I raise my hand. And as soon as I get my hands to eye level, I just take a sword and just punch him in the face as hard as I can. And, uh, 
pick up his Glock 19. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a nice gun! What a nice gun too. You never think, you never, you never expect a thug to carry such a solid weapon. You um, uppercutted <laughs> a punk ass into a punch bowl overhand. and then took his gun. And you overhand. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Just, just because I mean, as you guys know, a gun is a gun is dangerous here. Gun is no longer dangerous here. A knife's dangerous everywhere. I'd be ten times more worried if you had a knife. A knife's dangerous at all angles. A gun's just angled from point A to point, or dangerous from point A to point B. So I just went to point C and punched him. And uh, that was literally like in my head, like like during that moment, it was just like, dude, there is no possible way this guy is winning this situation. And that's that's how I am with with almost everything. And it's it's sometimes it's good. And what's really cool is is uh, not to get like like like. Like uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, like romantic and stuff like this. Like the, my my fiance is like the first person ever. Like honest to God, I can say that I have no level of competition with. Like she has like I don't know. Like I will let her beat me at something if she wanted to, just because like she's she's kind of like a very alpha like me, and I've never really experienced that like with someone I'm very close to. But I'm trying to win every single situation. Like it's 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 bad i know like like with our little like like three-year-old i don't even want him to like out dunk me on the little play school basketball no he, um, can, he can catch those hands for sure i bet yeah, you would turn that sure. three-year-old up tyler <laughs> you want to win you gotta earn it but so, that, goes, that, that just right. goes into like it has to be like an overall that's just kind of my life mindset of like i just don't want to lose in any situation and, and at that point realistically like the guy could i don't the smart thing would have probably just been to just back away and do nothing. I mean, really, it could have been, but at the same time, he might, I mean, the dude was drunk and all this. He could have ended up shooting someone else. But in my head, I'm just like, hey, this is a win. This is a, a situation where there's there's going to be a winner and a loser, and just it, there is no possible freaking way this guy is going to beat me right now. Yeah. Works. Well, it feels real good to win on those situations too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it does. I mean, and you do, and I, I we, we've had this conversation before. I, I just think it's it's there has to be a level of and, and especially if you're in like a special operations community, I've never met anyone in that community that didn't have a specific, uh, you know, a certain level of, of arrogance and uh, about them. I'm not saying narcissistic. There's a, there's a big, big difference, but a certain level of arrogance and it's earned. Like it just, you, you, you can't go through those things, accomplish what you've accomplished and have the mindset that you have to have to succeed with that because you're looking at every single challenge um, you know, everything you're doing in the training, like your mindset has to be like, oh, you know, I'm better than that. Like, there's no possible way that that situation is going to beat me. There's no possible way this guy's going to break me. There's no possible way. Like you just go through your entire training and everything, just thinking you're better than this situation. You're better than this person that's trying to break you. You're going to develop some level of, of arrogance. And you see that with, with anyone who's, who's really top of their game. And, you know, it, it, it rubs a lot of, a lot of people wrong, but it's just, that life just isn't for everyone like it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it just is what it is. Sure. Um, and know, we've talked about that. All you have to have. Yeah. We've talked about that line, you know, between competence <laughs> and, and cockiness and all, and all that stuff before. So yeah, you definitely have to walk on, on kind of both sides of the fence. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and we talked about your, your weight cut before. And the, the thing I want to talk about, you know, the most there is kind of like, you know, the, the cognitive decline, like I'm sure you felt mentally slower and sluggish and I'm sure your body did not feel great after that weight cut. Well, then you had the ability to go through a weight cut where your nutrition was on point. I want you to talk about the differences of those two things because the MMA and then the assessment selection sort of communities fall right in line with one another on this because, you know, it, it may not be, um, you know, necessarily like a fight camp, but being somewhere for eight, 12, 16 weeks where you're just constantly, you know, some days you are going hard as you can, you're redlining and some days you're backing it down a little bit, but it's not really that much. And it's the cumulative, cumulative effect of both the pipeline and like an MMA weight cut. So tell us what the difference was when you actually ate for performance and you were eating those Jolly Ranchers in the hot tub, as opposed to, you know, not being correct on your nutrition. Yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to, to, to glycogen. I mean, it fills your brain as well. You, you, you hear the, the, the term hangry and it genuinely like people genuinely, like you get fatigued and you just get angry. I can give you five grilled chicken salads and you're still going to be hangry after, but I've never given someone five donuts and they were hangry afterwards. It doesn't happen. Um, and the point is it's just, All right, the, we get it the with the carbs, food you're Tyler. Eating. Yeah. <laughs> just beating that dead horse. Uh, but, it's, <laughs> it's, but it's the truth. Like, like it, it, it fuels your brain as well. Um, and that's one of the, the things you start to feel. You, you start to feel first. Um, uh, I had a client recently when they, they started with me, they were, uh, it was like their first day before they actually started the plan. And he was like, just to be honest with you, I think I have COVID. I'm just telling you, I'm like, 
well, number one, like I'll never meet you. Like we're doing this through an email. It doesn't really affect me, but why do you think that? And he starts going through the way, the ways, like everything he feels and how he feels. And, um, I'm just looking at this guy's application and I had him do a 48 hour diet recall. And I'm like, dude, that's not COVID. That's just the way you're eating. Like, like you feel that bad. Cause he was just crash dieting. <laughs> you had like, three fourths of a bag of hot Doritos. What did you think <laughs> you were going to feel like? guy? <laughs> and I told this guy, I was like, in two days, you're not going to feel like you have COVID. And in my head, the whole time I'm sitting because he was going to get a test too. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, I'm going to he's going he's to feel great and have COVID. Um, but then, Man, but it those was that. tests was like, are was, terrible. Dude, I've taken 23 now. Gross. Oh, gross. The UFC and stuff. And now they're actually making you, I was supposed to be at an event this week, and uh, my, my, my fighter's opponent backed out. Uh, I, I don't know the reason that could be it. I'm, I'm not sure. But, uh, so now before you even leave, the UFC sends you an at-home kit and you have to scop the lab and do it yourself. So you think like doing the nasal swab thing's bad, like, like doing do it, it to like, yourself. It oh, the worst. It was awful. Cause you know, I like, like have to like, they, they give you like, oh, look to the right and just, oh, it was awful. Um, but, uh, no, so, so the, the fact is this, uh, this, this guy just, his diet was making him feel that bad. He was super fatigued. He had diarrhea. He had a headache. <laughs> my vision's even blurred. I mean, you have all of those effects from it. Um, and cognitive is going to be the, the, the number one issue. Food is a drug. It's the absolute most powerful drug on earth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why I always laugh. Like, like every, every small town has at least one, you know, and I'm, I'm Christian, so I'm not saying it's anything anti-Christian here, but you're, you're every town is going to have some really obese pastor uh, that's just damning people for, for being an alcoholic. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, you're addicted to food, bro. Right. Um, it just is what it is. I mean, it's a very, very addictive thing. It's the most addictive drug. Uh, so anytime that you're just, uh, you're, you're abusing that drug, you're going to have issues. Anytime that we take you from abusing that drug and put you in a situation where you're now doing what you should do, you're going to have withdrawals from, from that drug. So uh, it's, it's the, the, the cognitive differences are just unreal. Like you should feel sharp. Right. Like if, if you're not feeling sharp, like there's something wrong. I mean, you might just not be a sharp human, but like if you normally are and something all of a sudden is just off and you know, you just didn't take any head trauma, it's going to be your diet. Yeah. Well, I think that's why the t deployments are, are so nice because you get on a regimented food. Yeah, you, you can, can dial, you can dial that diet in, you baby. Can. You can dial that you, bad boy you, in if you can avoid you can, them cookies, yeah. dog. Exactly. Give me those you, macadamia you nut cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so that would have spunk my, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, gram of so, fat muffins. So if you can have, yeah. So if you can avoid those on a deployment, you will get cut up and, and very dialed in and focused. You're getting, but, drinking two Moax a day too. You're kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of rippets, yeah, hey, you know, whatever. Don't you worry about that. But <laughs> so for, for the guys and girls that are, that are coming in they're they're untrained, but they're, they're looking to come into these career fields. What is one piece of advice specific to nutrition that you would want to give them? Uh, so, so this is uh, something I use a lot. So I tell people to do a, just a self-assessment list and I'll have them take, uh, so take a list. I want you to, to, and you can, you can do it in your head right now or, or whatever. Um, but take a list, uh, on paper. I like to actually, I would rather people write it down so they can look at it. And I'll tell them to write down 10 things that they know they're doing right now, like 10 things they absolutely know they're doing right now that are keeping them from optimal performance and health or looking the way they want and that thing. So 10 things, everyone comes up with at least five. Not everyone necessarily has 10, but everyone has some. And one of the first things I'll tell people like, okay, so for uh, two weeks or sometimes I'll say 30 days, it really just depends. I'm like, just quit doing that. That's it. That's like literally all I want you to do. And people start immediately getting results. And my, my thought process behind that is like, if these are things you know you're doing wrong, you've already accepted the fact they're wrong. You know they're wrong. So it's much easier to eliminate um, than me throwing all this new information at you and then you having to accept this new information while you have this list of things that you're already messing up on. So just just get out the, the, the low-hanging fruit is the things that you know you're screwing up on. And we all do. I mean, we, 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 we all can Welcome do that. To I mean, me too. I'm, I'm obsessed with this stuff. And I just, I know there's ways I can get better. Like, it's just absolutely just, just, it is. I mean, there's, there's, we could apply that to anything in our life though. Like, like being husbands or, or students or anything like there's going to be a list of things you can make that, you know, you're really not doing good on it. Just start eliminating those things. You know, it, it's everything, especially in this world, 
that we live in now, you can figure everything out. Like no one absolutely needs a strength conditioning coach now. No one needs a nutritionist. No one, no one needs any of those things. Like you could literally spend enough time. If you had the time, you could find that all out on your own. Um, it's just a lot easier and it's a lot easier to go to a professional for those things. Um, you'll get there a lot quicker in the end, you'll save a lot of heartache and, and, and money. But the fact is like, we all can, we, we all know what we're doing wrong and we can find ways around those. Um, that's just it, man. Self, self-assessments are, are everything. I, I had a conversation literally, I thought that I was going to be late if I didn't wrap this up with her. I was worried I was going to be late with you all. But again, I was really competitive and I was in an argument with this girl on Instagram. And, uh, <laughs> oh I made, man, arguing on the internet. I love it. Let's get yeah. it. I'm, I'm the worst. I've gone so much, but I'm sure Trent's seen it, man. Like if someone attacks, if someone attacks one it. of my fighters, like if they attack my fighter, it gets ugly. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, this girl, I just, I just made the statement that, uh, and I've made this many times that you cannot, it is in, it is impossible. It is just medically impossible to have, to be overweight, not by a BMI or, or even the military, you know, the tapes and all that, but to have excess adiposity. So like, like excess fat, you cannot by definition be healthy if you have that. And people are like, well, well my 40 time is this, my this. I'm like, I get that. I'm not saying you congratulations, well. you're canceled. Welcome to the saying, real no, world. But it's just the truth. I'm just like, the fact of the matter is you can't. And, and it comes in, in, in the form of, well, it's the reason you're seeing, you know, it, it depends on which stat you look at, but three to five times more likely to end up in the ICU if you have COVID, if you are overweight. And the reason is, is because with adipose tissue comes inflammatory cytokines. Uh, and when your body's inflamed, it's fighting that inflammation. It's like, heck, it's like your body's a castle. If, if the, the, the castle guards are constantly 24 hours a day fighting this enemy called inflammation that's caused by your, your excess uh, adipose tissue, they're probably going to miss this, this you know, the, the bad guy that's coming in from behind because they're just totally focusing all their efforts on this. And that's happened. That's why you do see people that are overweight just suffer from, from, from more issues. It, it's going to increase your likelihood of dying from anything. It just is. And uh, I, don't, I, I say that a lot and I don't say it to be, I'm not making fun of anyone. I'm not saying it to be mean, like it, not at all. And she was just I mean, calling me rude for saying you're very rude and you're judgmental. I'm like, number one, like no one can look at my page and say I'm judge like like judging bodies. I never even mentioned people's bodies. I you know I mentioned your weight and your health, all this. And I was just honest with her. I said if you can find medical literature that argues with me, I mean I'll indulge that you might be right. I'm like. But the problem is I've spent a lot of time looking for that medical literature and it doesn't exist. So you're already at a severe disadvantage. And, uh, you know, we continue arguing. I'm like, listen, like, this is the thing. If you're looking for comfort, buy a better mattress. Like I'm not the comfort guy. Like I'm not, I'm not here to just like tell you things you're going to make you, make you feel fluffy and make you feel good. It's just, it's just not who I am. I'm going to say things that, that step on your toes that challenge you. I had a doctor a couple of years ago. He was just dead serious. Um, and one of the things he told me, he was like, if you continue, we were actually talking about some health issues I was having and things like, cause I was having a lot of like testosterone issues and, and everything. And he was like, man, like you're having a lot of issues because you've had traumatic brain injuries from the sport. He was like, and you're telling me all these things you're wanting to, you're telling me you want to have a family. You're telling me that, 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 yeah, at that time I was already talking about, like, I want to have my PhD. I want to get back in school. He's like, you're telling me all these things. He was like, but then you're going out there and getting brain damage because you continue to fight the way you do and this and that. He's like, that's stupid. He's like, like, you need to, like, like you need to quit. Honestly, if that's truly what you, if, if these things you're talking like, you need to quit fighting. And, uh, it hurt. I was really, really mad. I was uncomfortable, but he was right. Like, like it is what it is, you know? And it's just, I could go on all, all day about that. People yeah. do not I, like to, to hear things that, that, that challenge them. And it, it just, pisses me off you may, so bad you I think, may not uh, you may not pass oh, i think that level of honesty though is really why people hire you as a coach you know people are listening or looking for that person that's going to give them an honest assessment and that's why they reach out you know to us and all of us give them our honest assessment i used to do some of the events with um some people that were going to the pipeline they're civilians or whatever or their prior service in the service whatever their situation was but they would show up out of shape and i would literally i mean that's one of the first things i tell them why why'd you show up and you're completely out of shape it's not just you know having a little bit of fat is okay like we said before but if you're obviously like Excess. you know if you're, yeah your legs are skinny your arms are skinny whoa, 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 and whoa. you have all of your 
fat right here and it shows because we're over here wearing you know the short shorts and we're swimming in pools so everyone sees it so that's the first thing anyone's going to notice especially if you go to selection yeah you know you show up and you're chubby that's it's obvious i mean despite whatever people might say you're not gonna people are instantly gonna judge even if you don't say it out loud and you know people are being nice in this kind of climate but that's why they pay coaches to go there and take them to the gym and tell them like hey this is what you need to do and i have the same thing because i'm you know pa i talk to people with diabetes and like you're probably not going to live another 10 years if you don't change your ways right now because everything you're doing you know you're leveled through the roof you're taking 20 medications and you're not going to live. Some of them are like, well, I don't want to live past 60. I'm like, okay, it's your life decision. You know, <laughs> you're doing a great job. I, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it is. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's just, I don't, man, it's just, it's so frustrating. And it's not even, it's not even like you're saying controversial things. Like I don't, I don't say anything. What I would consider to me, controversy, controversy is something that goes against, uh, against proof and everything like that. I'm not even saying things that are like, like I'm saying things that have like medical literature to back it up. And I'm sitting here and being, you know, like, like I have people arguing with me that just, just because it's just not what they want to hear. And I'm like, I, I, I totally get that. Like, like I, I love to work out, but I would much love, I, I would much prefer if I didn't have to work out. And if I could just have abs without working out and eat whatever I want, I would much prefer that. It's just not a realistic thing. Like it just, it just, just people, you, you just have to accept that. And that's just the, the, the kind of coach I, I'm, I've really become that coach more in the last year. And it used to be, and it's just, um, it's just who I've become. And I've gotten a lot different type of clientele since, uh, I've gotten a lot more serious group of people. They just, they they come to you and they, they care. And I'm not, if they're my clients, I don't ever talk to them. Like I'm not, I'm never rude to a client or anything. Cause they're, they're coming to me because they've already accepted. Like, Hey, I can do better. Sweet. You're my kind of person. Let's, let's talk. But these people on Instagram, like, I, it's constant. I'm telling them like, why do you follow me? Like, you don't agree. Like, 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 everything you're arguing with right now goes against everything I post about it. Like, what are you doing following me? Like go follow Mr. Rogers as old Instagram or something. Like, I don't know, like follow a feel good person. I don't fear. Yeah. I'm like, who's the, who's the, All who's right. the, the so, I don't know. Like I'm just along that, mind. along that vein real quick. I just want to get this out of you. So you talked about having that in the moment, you have that kill, like it's be kill or be killed type of thing. And then competition drives you. What would you say to somebody that's trying to go for special operations specifically? You kind of know you had a lot of friends that are in that arena. You know, you've talked to a lot of uh, guys that have been doing that for a long time. What would you say um, the mindset is that a guy like that or a girl should have um, going into this kind of business and carry on throughout the rest of their career just, in order to make them successful. It's just it's, it's kill or be killed. It really is. Whether it ever really is or not, you have to, you absolutely have to have that attitude. Um, like it, everything has to be a competition and I don't, I don't buy into this whole, like, like, like you're competing. you like, like, what is it? Like, like your only competitor is yourself or the, the man in the mirror. <laughs> that's so stupid. That's another feel good tactic. That's made people try to feel <laughs> better about themselves because they're not beating other people. Like, it's just not true. Like, like find the best person. Like day one, look for the absolute, the, the person that you just look at and be like that person is probably going to be, to be the absolute best and make it your absolute goal to smash them at everything. I just, I really just think that needs to be your, to be your goal. Like, like if I do a fight again, I, I'm not, I'm not a good runner, but every time I do a fight, this is why I throw up a lot on five K he's at the finish line. If I do a five K, I have a rule. If you pass me, I have to pass you. If you're in front of me, I have to pass you. Like if you pass, like, and it, I'm not going, it, it's impossible, but I just never, it, probably not. I never, <laughs> I never, I've never won one. And I never will. I, do, I, I used to do them all the time. I haven't because of COVID lately, but I'll, I'm not a good runner, but that's just my mindset. And I do a lot better with that mindset then if i was like well you know i'm not a very good runner so i'm just gonna go out there and finish i'm like no i'm the dude the dude that's wearing like running shoes and short shorts and he has like like the the anti-nipple chafing vest and the water <laughs> bottles like he's he he lives for this i'm i'm i don't live for it but i'm still gonna try to smoke that guy and i'm gonna throw up at the end and still never pass him but i'm gonna try I just yeah, think a firefight is not a competition with yourself, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, never, they're clearly defined enemies on that one. Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never, I've never made a choice that all of a sudden, like, like a personal choice that hacked into my fight or flight. It's always been something that someone else has put me into. <laughs> all right, Tyler, any, uh, any of you guys have any missed questions or last shots, parting words? You want to call out any fighters for your comeback? <laughs> no. No, no, I don't. I, I can't think of. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me think. 
Yeah, I'm gonna call out Karen three four seven on Instagram. <laughs> so there's a, my, my my best friend in the world. My my best friend in the world. He's 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 like a brother to me. James Krause. He's in the UFC and and he's my coach. So so when I would have my fight camps, I would go up to Kansas City and train with him. My my son's middle name is James. After this guy, like I care I care that much about him. But we were both on the Ultimate Fighter and we both lost in the past. Well, then they were doing an Ultimate Fighter uh, uh, return season, then bringing back people who had lost. And uh, they'd already picked James. Like, he was already in the UFC, too, and they still wanted to bring him on. And they told me that. So, in my interview, um, originally, they, I mean, I made it to the final rounds, and, and, and they ended up just not choosing me because they, they changed the way they were doing the weight class. But uh, they were interested in me, and they, they flat out told me. They said, we know James is your coach, and he's your best friend. Uh, I'm, I'm very vocal about that. They said, he's definitely getting picked. Like, like how would you handle it like if you end up getting into the house together and, and you're on opposing teams and you have to fight him i was like i want to fight him first and like the interviewer is like, like yes. why, why would you want to fight him first and i'm like <laughs> I, he's my you know he's my best friend if anyone's going to beat me uh, I, like i want it to be my best friend like i would rather him him go on i would rather uh, do the I same think, for him too like when i lay him down like at least it was me exactly at least I now said, i don't have to avenge yes. his death I said, but if, but, <laughs> but if for some reason, and, and I, I think James is, is also the most underrated fighter in the UFC. And since he is my coach, he beats me up worse than absolutely. He beats me up more than people that are better than him just because he knows every aspect of my game. Like mm -hmm. I had a very small, small chance of ever winning. But I was like, you know, if he wins, he goes on in the tournament. But at the end of the day, like if I'm going to beat anyone, I want it to be my best friend. And they just could not, they couldn't understand that. And, in my head, I was just thinking it was a win-win. You either lose your best friend or for the rest of my life, I get to tell my best friend that I beat him at the, mo at the time <laughs> that it mattered most. That's the best. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. That's just like how we do, you know, in the pipeline, we you know, challenge each other to whatever. We have these dumb things that we do against each other. And obviously all the, all the guys that we're hanging around are super strong. We know the ins and outs, but, you know, we train to make sure that we're at our peak level because when we, you know, go up against whoever, once we deploy, we know that we've trained against the best already. Like who else is out there? So yeah, no, no, it uh, goes back to the attitude, the, the, the attitude yeah. we have, like, what are they doing? Like, they're, 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 yeah. They want to kill you tomorrow. So you better be ready. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up real quick. Um, so, you know, overall, thanks again for coming on and it's, awesome to just have you on here and listen to that killer mindset and it's very successful as a nutritionist and then uh you know hanging out with guys like daniel cormier and all those other mma fighters that you get to just really spend a lot of time around and just the level of motivation i think is the same thing as you know special warfare not that we're like that famous or anything like that but just the motivation to do the job and the motivation to actually you know take care of each other and get to win and uh, be a winner at the sport that you're playing, whatever it is, um, whether it's actually deploying and doing that kind of stuff or going in the ring and having that mindset to kill or be killed. I, I love that, um, that you brought that up because it's always, you know, all in and it's every time that you, you know, take off. If you're in special warfare, you take off from the fob or from wherever, or you just step out the door from your house. It's like, what's going to happen today? And it's, it should be kind of the mindset of, Every day, day in, day out, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to us, um, whether or not we're not going to, we're going to get in a car accident, we're going to do whatever, you know, we make the most out of every moment and make every day count. Every single decision that we make from the time we wake up until the time we lay our heads down is toward a goal and to make our lives better and to make those around us better. So I think what you're doing is really awesome being able to, to at that level of performance, not only, you know, tell the other fighters what to do, but also to just continue living it yourself and you know you're always going to have that mindset and i think that's similar to those people that are in special warfare we're going to continue on and be those kind of people that we grew up to be and uh continue hanging around people that are like all of us right here uh to make sure that we we do our best and uh, make each other as sharp as possible so yeah we talked about you know a lot of different things and uh you know with the the laws of exercise main thing is if you guys are trying to do keto or you know grow some abs or whatever that's not what you're looking for Better for eat them carbs, performance homie. that's right throw some donuts down uh you heard it from the guy himself right here professional nutritionist don't sit there and go on keto and think you're going to show up to the pass test and crush it you got to fuel that machine and actually eat some carbs so 
Um, that was really important for you guys uh, to listen to. Make sure you rewind it. Listen to the things that he said. If you're uh, not paying attention or you're dozing off, you're in one of your hard sets or something like that, go back and listen to that. So uh, again, thank you all for listening and thank you, Tyler, for coming on and talking to us. We had a blast just talking to you. Um, so you're welcome to comment anytime. And is there any way that if guys have questions or anything that they can reach out or yeah, yeah. So, so if you have an Instagram, like I said, I put a ton of free content on Instagram, and I have a rule that I'll, I will, I literally answer every DM. Um, so, like, I'm people ask me for free advice constantly on Instagram, and I'll give it. I don't care. There, there's no limit to that. So, uh, my Instagram is Tyler Mitten Nutrition. Uh, my website is TylerMittenNutrition.com, um, and I have like fields people can fill out to email me or anything there. But uh, I, I answer anything. Like I said, it's not a uh, you know, I even have some people that probably abuse that a little bit on, I don't care. I'll, I'll help. I just want to help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the yes. same thing on all of our DMs. <laughs> Every single some, one some, uh, yeah. frequent flyers. Yeah. yeah. Did you Google? But, Did you Google? Yeah. <laughs> Did you Google? Did you check it out? What do you know about this subject first? But yeah, that's awesome that you, uh, same thing, try and make the community better as much as possible and make that impact in people's lives. So thanks again for all of you guys out there listening. Make sure you go out on the Apple podcast, leave a review for us, five stars, of course, nothing else. But, uh, you know, leave a comment. If you guys have any questions, you can always reach out to us, uh, onesready.com, and you can fill out the uh, info at onesready, um, and we'll always answer your questions. Same thing on the Instagram. And then also the other thing is these shirts will be coming in. Hope is not a Koa. Ooh, hope is not a Koa. Check that out. So go check that out on the website. It's going to be up. They're awesome, super high quality. uh, Tri-blend shirts. None of our stuff is just, you know, plain old cotton or Gildan or whatever. It's all the Tri-blend shirts. Um, They don't have any tags on them. You know, it's all custom-made stuff. We want to make sure you guys have the best stuff while you're working out that's going to be durable and comfortable at the same time. So, again, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys around. Earn each breath. Later. Later. Train hard. <laughs>